0: Hey everybody, Dave Hagan here. Today I want to talk about cars, owning cars, paying for cars. I think we pay way too much and we take on too much risk. That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast. This is David Hagan coming to you from beautiful downtown Van Nuys with me today. Hey, it's Brian Reed. How's it going, Dave? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I am doing very well. Good, good. So cars, I want to talk about cars today. But before we talk about the financial wellness aspect of of cars, a couple of stories. So first story, I heard a story about a, a woman who's, whose boyfriend needed a car and, and they were in the process of moving in together and He won a car or needed a car. I'm sure that's how it was president. I need a car, baby. (laughs) And He needed a car, but he had no money, had no credit. And he figured that he (laughs) could. No, wait, there's more. He figured he could pay a very healthy monthly car payment because, you know, he wasn't going to be paying rent because, right, they're moving in together makes perfect sense. So he talked his girlfriend into going out and and the two of them got a car and of course the car ended up in, in her name because she had credit and she agreed to sign a deal with payments of 850 a month. That's 800 what? Yeah, 850 dollars a month. There's parts of the country where that's rent, right? Eight, uh, easily 850 a month. so of course we can all see where this is going uh, in retrospect. after a couple months he decided he didn't like that particular car and and went out and, and got another one using another friend's credit and you know of course he went out and got another girlfriend and uh, he moved out and they broke up and now this lady is stuck with no help paying for the all of the rent. And paying a monthly car payment of $850 a month. Now, she couldn't do much with this car because it was less it was worth less than what the the balance of the loan was. She couldn't pay the $850 a month. She had her own bill, she had her own car payment. She was really kind of left high and dry, and there really wasn't much she could do. And ultimately, ultimately, she she always uh, was pretty careful about what she did, but ultimately she had to file for bankruptcy. So um, what are some of the takeaways from this story? Well, I mean, obviously her, her boyfriend, I think scumbag actually comes to mind, um, and she had problems with um, agreeing and being responsible for debt that she knew she couldn't pay as long as the relationship, uh, you know, if the relationship wasn't there, maybe they could have paid that if they stayed together. But she really... She really didn't think ahead. Second story. I've is got, it going to be any better? I'm afraid it's going to be worse. No, this one. This, <laughs> this one is. This one is. Is uh, maybe it's not worse, but because there's a happy ending. But it's appalling. Uh, yeah, we'll call this the appalling story. <laughs> I've got a family friend and she didn't have a car and decided that she needed one. She probably did. And so she had just gotten a raise at work and she said, Hey, I'll just go look around. So she goes out to a lot and she finds a nice, a used car that she likes. She, she tells me it's a nice silver one. And, uh, you know, she checked her cell phone and it was Kelly blue book and at 14 to $16,000. And, then the salesman comes out and he says, hey, you know, we can let this go for $14,000, 14000 15000 And she's thinking she's got a really great deal. Now, she wasn't really there to, to buy a car. She was there just to kind of look, see what she likes, see what these kind of things cost. And out comes the, the salesman. So the first thing he does is he says, hey, what are you looking to pay per month? Now, that was probably her biggest mistake. Never, never talk to a salesman on a car loan, and negotiate monthly payment. I'll tell you why in a little bit. But once you do, you've started down a dead-end alley that you will not be able to get out of. You will have no leverage in that negotiation. Now, check this out, Brian. She had been working on building her FICO score up, and Mm -hmm. she knew she was rocking about a 708 going in which is you know pretty good in the okay. in the world of personal finance and she, like I said she'd been working to, to boost it up and so the the salesman comes back and he says well the search that they use shows that she only had a 587 and so that's when she first called me and she says hey you know you're, you're mm-hmm. a friend of the family I'm, I'm showing a 708 but they're saying it's 587 on what the car lot uses and what do you think about that and I said that did, you know that, that just don't sound right to me. What are you, you going to do, you know? So they offered to finance her car, and they said, we're going to do you a favor. Hey, don't, don't walk away. We're going to do you a favor. And they said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to finance the car for you at $558 a month for six months, just for six months. Of course, it'll be a three-year loan, but just do it for six months. And the interest rate, by the way, is... percent. Yeah, I know, right? 24.99, basically 25 percent. I think that that's, uh, they used to call that loan sharking um, back in the the old days. And then they said, hey, and then you can work on fixing your credit score. When you come back with a better credit score in six months, we will refinance you at 2.99 percent and your payments will be 287.
2: I don't believe
0: this. Yeah. I mean, this, this, this happened. I could tell you the name of the lot, but it wouldn't be cool. So she calls me on the cell again, you know, this family friend and goes, hey, hey, what, you know, what do you think is going on? And I said, run, <laughs> run fast, run real fast. I mean, obviously she decided to pass, but not everybody's fortunate enough to have a family friend, you know, on a speed dial on a cell phone. Um, and I'm afraid that a lot of people get caught into these, into these kinds of things. So what can we take away from this appalling story? Well, one, never, never, never let a salesman start talking to you about buying a car based on monthly payments. Once you do, you've lost control of the situation. Always, always, always negotiate for a car based on the purchase price only. Once you're doing that, you're controlling the negotiation. You're controlling the situation. You can't out-negotiate somebody on financing because that's what they do for a living. And they will always run circles around you. But if you're talking about cost, just straight cost, if I write you a check, theoretically, how much will it take to walk that thing or to drive that thing off the lot? Now you are controlling that negotiation. And that's an important thing to remember. Two- in terms of takeaways, realize that the payment contract that you sign with the the dealership, typically, will be sold to a bank. So you sign a promissory note that says, I'm going to buy this car from you for X amount of dollars, this amount of interest, and this is the monthly payments. They turn around and then sell that contract. They do this. They sell the contract to a financing source. And this is a big source of money for dealerships. In fact, I heard that recently they make more money selling their financing contracts than they make selling the cars there's not a lot of profit in the the sale of cars they make their money on the the repairs they make their money on the um you know on selling these contracts so what they do is they get you to pay 24.99 with so many uh payments over such a period of time on such an amount and then they run to the bank and they go look I got this really high contract. What will you give me for it? And they go, oh, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, and it's a secured obligation because the, the car is posted as collateral to secure the debt. So it's relatively secure. And the bank will say, you know, well, we'll, we'll pay you X, Y, Z. We'll pay you the face amount plus an additional amount because it's such a good deal. Another thing, once she signed the deal at basically 25%, that contract is not going to be something that she's going to be able to get out of. They would she would come back basically in six months and they wouldn't even know who she was. They go oh yeah well are you going to buy a car from us today no I just want to refinance this they go we don't we don't even know well wait a minute where's Jerry Jerry said he would you know you guys could help me refinance it. Well, a dealership isn't going to refinance a car, for goodness sakes. You're not going to be able wow. to change your credit that much in six months, for goodness sakes. And she would have been stuck paying the entire contract. If she couldn't get out of that contract, we did the math, she would have ended up paying 33000 for a $14,000, 15000 car. Crazy stuff. Oh, um, Did she report them? No. No, I mean, she's just... Uh, that's not, that's not her style, but, yeah. but I think this happens a lot. I mean, I bought wow. a couple cars off a lot over the years and it's, it's a, it's a dicey little gambit. I bought them privately. I bought them new. I bought used, uh, you know, um,
2: from individuals, from dealerships, from lots. I think I've hated every <clears throat> single experience of either buying or leasing a car because I just hate that feeling of, I am not in control on this. Right, that's what they These do for a living. These guys do it every day. Yeah,
0: yeah. They just they just have you for lunch. It's just it's nuts. Now, that's why, as an aside here for a minute, um, there was a car line. What was it? Geo, which I think was a, a sub brand of, of Chevrolet of GM. Geo Metro, Geo Metro or something. Yeah. Or? And it was like walk in, pay a price. They, they weren't gonna they weren't gonna negotiate. Mm-hmm. Um, Tesla's today. They they don't negotiate. You walk in and they say, look at the car, look at the color, pick the, pick the type of seat that you want. They pop open a, a computer and you go, one, two, three, four, here's my credit card. That's the deposit and you walk out. I mean, you, you could buy a Tesla in five minutes.
2: What's the, uh, um, what's the big used car place? Remax. Uh, Is that uh, Remax? No, I um, can't remember. But I know that they're the same thing. It's yeah. like, you, I, I actually went there once. Mm-hmm. CarMax. Carmax, yeah, yeah, that. went there and I was like, okay, so this is the starting price. Mm-hmm. I was testing it. And they're like, no, no, this is the price. Yeah, if you want to buy, it, not going to let forward. us know. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, but yet they got a lot of um, car salesmen there too. So you you got to you, you got to watch your wallet when you when you go in there mm-hmm. um, too. But she would have never been able to 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 get out of you know that. That vehicle. She would Uncle Dave to stop. the rescue. Well, I'm, I'm just I'm just grateful that you know she was a family friend and she happened to have the, the phone number.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and I was I don't know, I was somewhere at a restaurant. I stepped out for a second. and Said I don't I don't know. I don't know that I would do this. So um, another little side thing, and this was a little tiny thing that was part of the story. Interesting though, a good takeaway: getting a raise is never a good reason to go out and buy a car. Now, I've done that before. Hey, I got a raise, let's go out and get this. Let's go out and do that. I got more money every month to spend. No, 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 no. How does that raise fit into your overall spending plan? Last time we talked about, what was it? Um, Physically serious people, or FF, financially ferocious. What do we call those Uh, people?
2: Oh, Financially frugal? Now, what, no, frugal
0: was the name we're, that's, that we were, were trying avoiding. to get away from, yeah. It'll come
2: back to It'll me. It'll come
0: back to us in a second. Anyway, the point was it's not an excuse to just go out and spend that raise. Maybe it's a, an, it's an opportunity to take a look at that raise and see how that fits into your overall picture. Maybe an ex, it's an excuse to put that money into a, you know, a savings or a brokerage account and get it to experience that magic of, uh, compound interest. Oh, compound interest. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about it so many times on the podcast because we want people to look for it. We want people to love it. We want people to crave it um, rather than just spending money on stuff, especially in the case of a car, uh, a depreciating asset, yeah. you know? Um, better to make that money grow than to make it shrink and, 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 and to pay a high price. So um, I guess the point is, Even if you're pretty strong willed, and that's the point of this story, if you're strong willed, you can get talked into all sorts of stuff, especially with cars, especially in L.A., especially up against a professional salesperson who's going to try and put you in a car and who's going to then try and finance it for you and get you to sign a contract that's over. Uh, what the market interest rate would be for your credit rating so that they can flip that and sell it to a bank and make some, make some additional money. Crazy, crazy stuff. So let's get to the financial part of this. Then how much should you spend on a car payment? Any thoughts, Brian? Nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> I agree. Absolutely nothing. We think that it's a bad idea to be paying car payments. Now, you you walk into the lot and the car salesman's going to go, well, everybody pays 300. Well, in L.A., everybody pays 500. And the answer is not this everybody. I'm not going to fall into that unless you're swimming in cash. It really doesn't make sense to buy buy a depreciating asset, especially in assets that's brand new where it's really going to depreciate a ton. You know, maybe maybe you buy a three- to four-year-old car for for cash if you can. That's a good buy, it seems to me. You know, you'll pay about 50% of the original sticker price and let someone else have taken the, the majority of the depreciation on that vehicle, you know? Um, By the time a car is three, four years old, yeah, it's coming out of the warranty a lot of times, but they're still in pretty good shape. A lot of times, majority of the time, they're less than 50,000 miles on them. Mm -hmm. You know, I've always thought in my mind that a car will run about 50,000 and then it's designed to fall apart, right? (laughs) And so if it's under 50, I figure I got a pretty good deal, especially if it's something that I want, especially if it's, you know, the right price. So... Our thought would be spend spend nothing. Spend nothing on a monthly payment if you can pull that off. If you if, can do it, yeah. If you've been able to save, if you've been able to put some money aside. Now, if you must finance... Experts recommend that you hold your total transportation costs to not more than 20 percent of your take home pay. And I think we've talked about this before, but I think that that's a that's a good guideline. Um, A good guideline for housing is 30 percent. And if you add 30 percent and 20 percent, that's the 50 percent of your needs that we were talking about on those guidelines that Elizabeth Warren had put together in one of her early self-help books. Mm-hmm. Now, your needs are going to be more than 30% and 20%, but these are just interesting guidelines. These are goals. These are aspirations. These are part of your your monthly spending plan. But 20% on your car payment, your gasoline, your insurance, your repairs, and your registration. And then when your car is paid for at the end of the contract, then I get ready, or I tell people, get ready for the the gravy years, (laughs) right? I mean, those are the years that you don't have a car payment, and those funds can be socked away to experience the magic of compound interest. Um, How nice to be walking around town without a car payment, and your car should last 10 years. If you've bought it new, it'll last 10 years. Most cars will last 10 years. And if, you, if it's financed for five and then you own it for five, now you're putting money away. You're putting money away for your next car, the car that you really want to get, <laughs> that you're going to buy three to four years old. That money's compounding. It's growing for you, so it's getting bigger and bigger. And hopefully you've taken care of your car enough, and you won't be experiencing significant repair bills for, you know, a number of years here. Those are the gravy years. A, a paid-for car is a wonderful, wonderful Thing.
2: Remember when I was in the accident uh, right before my buddy's wedding? I got t boned and mm-hmm. the guy took off. Mm-hmm. That car was paid for. And when he was coming at me and everything slows down, right? One of the thoughts that went through my head was, it's paid off. Uh, <laughs> not, I'm not kidding.
0: <laughs> not, this is going to hurt. <laughs> my head's going to hit the dash. It's, this is paid for. I know, right? and then to, then to replace that car that's paid for it's a hard it's a hard car to replace because you got to shop for a, an older used car mm-hmm. which has all the other intrinsic issues with it so you you use the car as salvage value and you go out and, and you you're, you're picking up some payments probably yep brutal brutal stuff let's do some math let's take a $20,000 car for example and let's say you put 20% down. I like to put 20% down. It makes it a little easier. So you're putting $4,000 down on that car. Now, a $20,000 car is not that great of a car, right? If it's new, mm-hmm. I mean, $20,000 is nothing. You could get a, you know, you could get a, a Honda, I guess, but it's not really much of a car. So you put $4,000 down on a $20,000 car, finance it for six. Uh, 60 months, your car payment's going to be about 300 bucks. Now, follow along on the math. Car payment's going to be about 300 bucks. Insurance may be a buck 50. Gas may be a buck 50. Tags, repairs, well, let's say this is a newer car, figure 50. So add that all up. What is that? About 650, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that means that 650 should be 20% of your take-home pay. Well, that means your take-home pay should be 32,000. And that means your gross pay before you pay your biggest expense, which is your government's, your gross pay should be about five thousand bucks. That means your and uh, per month. That means your annual income should be sixty thousand dollars. Now bear in mind that the average income in the United States is sixty-three thousand dollars. So to buy a twenty thousand dollar car, have a three hundred dollar a month car payment, you have to make at least uh, the average uh, you know the average income in the in the United States, and that's just average that's just the average income in the United States so for a $300 a month car that's going to be depreciating in value now if this is a new one and it'll be worthless in six to seven years you know and the average American makes enough just to buy a car for 300 a month the average American makes enough to buy a $20,000 car I don't see a lot of $20,000 cars out there on the freeway especially in california especially near hollywood right (laughs) (laughs) everyone's driving the whatever but give me a break i think cars are way too expensive way too expensive new and it really sucks to to finance i think it's i think it's a real problem i think cars are just too expensive i was looking at a um uh, a Lincoln Navigator, which mm-hmm. is, I mean, my God, that's a beautiful, beautiful car. car. I think I've said this yeah. before. It's beautiful. It's big. It's, you know, it gets three miles a gallon. It's wonderful. <laughs> uh, it's got all the stuff on it, but those are like rolling out at $80,000, $90,000. I mean, who, who pays for the, who does that? You get a Tesla for $80,000, $90,000. You get a Mercedes. Can't you get a Model S, uh, what is it? S 500 Mercedes for 90,000, something like that. I mean these are, you know, big luxurious cars and yet to finance them look at what people pay look what look what their annual income should be and I'll bet you a lot of people driving those big cars don't have that kind of annual income
2: every now and then when I see a string of just high-end after high-end car cars in LA mm-hmm. I wonder what their overall actual uh, net value is right? personally. Right. I mean, can you actually be... Everyone cannot afford all of these vehicles. I mean, it just doesn't seem like it to it's me. It's a giant Hollywood smokescreen. Right. No, I mean,
0: that's and everybody's posing and everybody's going, oh, yeah, I was at the market and, uh, you know, I saw Jack uh, <laughs> buying tomatoes or whatever. I mean, they're not. But, you know, everyone's posing in Hollywood and the vehicles are, you know, a, a big part of that. It's um, It's crazy. Or maybe... There's just so much money in the world, and these people are dropping down cash on these big cars. I don't think that's the case, though, either. I think people no. that, that have money that have money put away, I don't think they're running out buying new cars. I think they understand that those are depreciating assets.
2: It's kind of like the old money versus the new money. Yeah. Old money is calm about it, and they're into saving it yeah. you know, and making it grow yeah. versus flaunting it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's look at another example of a car. You know what I'm going to talk about. I know. Uh, we love Elon <laughs> Musk. Elon is the man. A Model 3. Mm-hmm. Their little car that they're mass producing. And they, you know, they're making a ton of these things. And you can get into a brand new Model 3 for about 40 grand. So 20% down, that's about $8,000 down. Your payments are going to be about $600 a month. For a little model three. now admittedly, mm-hmm. admittedly that's a hell of a car. Mm-hmm. you know, but let's do the math. you know you, I mean you, you need to make like 80,000 bucks. Now you're not going to pay for gas and you're gonna pay a little more for electricity and you're going to pay almost nothing for for repairs. We'll talk about that in a second. but let's do the math. The car payments 600, insurance is 200. At mm-hmm. least two hundred because they go. Oh, you're driving a Tesla. Gas, gas is zero. You're driving by the gas station, waving and smiling. <laughs> you know, <laughs> electricity, thirty-five, forty-five dollars onto your electric bill. Maybe, maybe add that up. Eight thirty-five. Eight hundred and thirty-five dollars a month. That car is going to cost you to drive a Model Three. Now we're not talking luxury car. The Model Three is a kind of a basic, even though it's amazing. It's a mm-hmm. very basic car. So it means your net pay is going to be, what, about $48,000. Your gross pay should be $70,000, $80,000. You know, you're making $70,000, $80,000. You think you got it made. You don't think you're buying like a a new Model 3, you know. Um, It's a little crazy. It's a little crazy. But I think that you've got to think about with a new car. One of the things that I love about Elon, one of the things I love about the electric cars is, when you're talking about electric, you have to consider that you're going to be paying no gas, so there's a gas savings. You've got to figure that you're going to be picking up the electricity cost. You've got to re- figure that the repair cost is going to go down, and you've got to think about the, the longevity of the cars. Uh, the city of New York recently did an analysis of their fleet, and they found that their electric cars cost 25% to maintain compared to a gas car. So the electric car is very inexpensive to maintain. But why? Well, good question, you ask. It's because there's hardly any moving parts. Think of that. There's no pistons. Oh. There's no push rods. There's no blah 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 blah. There's a there's a, a motor that spins. That's right. It's not a hybrid. Right. And me and and wheels that spin. So that needs less lubrication. That needs less replacement, because they have regenerative braking. Um, they don't go through even the, the the pads on the wheels as much. So um, they they have the propensity of. Having that much less money necessary to to take care of them, um, I've kind of experienced that with my car. You know, with my electric car. There's 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 just no upkeep. There's windshield wiper fluid and there's um, sometimes some antifreeze to keep the batteries cool, and that's about it. Um, and with these electric cars, we don't know how long they're going to last because they've only really been manufacturing them in in number in earnest since 2013. But um, there's a fleet of of Tesla cars in Orange County, and they rent Teslas out. So these cars are putting on like $350,000 a year. They're running them from San Diego to LA to to Vegas and back. And they're finding that these cars are holding up even to 350,000 miles or more, right? (laughs) Musk has said he's going to build a battery that'll last a million miles, which is the, the most concerning component of those cars. And... If instead of buying a gas car that you expect to fall apart in 10 to 12 years, 10 years, yeah, right, or at 100,000 miles, you you get an electric car that runs forever and ever and ever, or 10 years, or 20 years, or 350,000 miles, or whatever it is. So you're going to pick up some kind of benefit there potentially. So, uh, you know, we're we're big fans. We, We love all those electric cars. It doesn't have to be a Tesla, it could be a Volt, it could be a, you know, next year, 2020. There's about, uh, oh, I don't know what the number is now that I think about it, but several um, manufacturers that are come out with their own electric car. I think there's going to be eight or nine different models that are that are coming out. So um, that's something to think about when you're being intentional about your budget for transportation. Uh, there might be some savings there. Of course, the, the Teslas cost a lot more, so you're, you're, you're putting money up, up front.
2: More up front, and then banking on, you'll have it longer yeah. without payments, yeah, without the, uh, having to fix it hopefully right, as well.
0: Right. Now here's where I'm going to be a little critical of Elon. He says, well, you know, you're going to be saving gas. So factor that into the payment so you can pay a little more car payment. No, <laughs> I want that gas savings to be put in my pocket, not Elon not Musk's pocket. pocket. But that's you know that's one of the ways they they justify the the price, you know.
2: Well, what about a uh, a financing deal? If you can, you know, get a low low financed amount or a zero, or what do you think about that?
0: Well, you know, I think there's there's manufacturers out there that that are doing zero percent financing. I, I actually did it one time uh, a number of years ago. It was like. Uh, uh, 72 months, 0%. And I was just going to write the check. It was a, it was a Chevrolet Volt. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, look, just what's the price? We're going to write the check. And they said, you want to finance it? No, I don't want to do the contract. I don't want to deal the credit report. And, dah, dah, dah. and they said, but you know, if your credit's good, we can do a 0% financing for 72 months. I said, so you're going to loan me money for 72 months at zero. And then I did the math and I'm going, well, that, you know, That'd be kind of nice. Now, the car wasn't that expensive, so what I was going to be saving in interest wasn't that much. That didn't impress me enough to say, well, I'll take on payments. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to deal with payments. But then they said, catch this. If you finance it at 0%, we'll take another $1,000 off the the purchase price of the car. And I said, no, let me me understand this. You're going to pay me a thou to finance at 0%? I did. I did. I mean, they they hooked me, you know, I'm supposed to know better. And yeah, they, they, they brought me in. But usually 0% financing is only going to be on, you know, new cars. The mm-hmm. The financing on used cars isn't going to be as much. So um, as much as I got a great deal, and as much as they reduced the price or gave me $1,000 on the purchase price, it was a new car. And it, you know, it saw some pretty good depreciation. I had that car for... Five, six, seven years, and you know it depreciated. I think we paid like thirty-seven thousand dollars for it, and um, so it did depreciate
2: pretty good. It did depreciate pretty good. Well, what about uh, like a four percent? Well,
0: you might be able to get a four, four, five, six on a used car, something like that, and then you do the math and you go, "Wow!" But if I had the money in my my uh, account, I'm experiencing the magic of compound interest, wouldn't that be pretty good, right? <laughs> compound interest. I know that's like one of our main mantras here. But, I mean, maybe, maybe that's something to think about if you're going to think about the spread between those, those two interest rates. But, but you have to factor in the fact that, you know, if you're getting 10% on your, your investment, you're going to have to pay tax on that. So 10% might be factored back to 6 or 7%, and the spread between 4 and 6 or 7% is not as attractive. Mm-hmm. You know, you've you, you got to factor in your uncle. you got to pay your uncle, you know. Um, but... But maybe something to think about. So let's talk a minute about the, the bad stuff. You know, what if, what if you agree to buy a car? What, like the, the, the first story that we mm-hmm. have, you agree to buy a car and later you can't pay. Maybe you lose your job, you become disabled, your, your boyfriend moves out, you know, whatever. Well, in most states, in most states, what's going to happen is this. They're going to repossess the vehicle. So basically they hire some guy to come grab it in the middle of the night and they they tow it away. Vehicle sold at an auction and they don't sell it for much because people understand they're going to get a deal at an auction. They bid it up a little bit, but it's still way less and almost always less than the balance of the loan. Mm -hmm. The system's designed that way. They use the auction proceeds to pay off the balance as much as possible on that loan. And then they come after you for the unpaid balance. It's called a deficiency and they'll sue you for that. So what would happen to the lady in the first case? They'd grab that car, they'd take it, they'd sell it, and they'd come back at her. I mean, I've seen deficiencies for, you know, five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars, and they're going, "Hey, just pay me." And you go, know, well, yeah, like I've got, you know, like I've got that money just sitting around," and they sue you for it, and that's what that's what pushes people into, uh, you know, into into bankruptcy sometimes. So, what are some of the takeaways from this this conversation? Well. First and foremost, the biggest thing, the number one thing I want people to think about, buy a car that's three or four years old. You know, get the car that you you really want, but buy it three to four years. Only pay cash for a car if you can. Realize it's a depreciating asset. Save money. Um, Save up money, I mean, ahead of time if you can. Hard to do. It's hard to have that discipline. But if you can, you're going to get a better deal. Um, You know, after you buy that car for cash. Start saving money for the next one. And again, put it in account so it can experience the wonderment of compound interest. Oh, compound interest. I love that stuff, right?
2: (laughs) I don't know why I'm doing that so much tonight.
0: You know, this is just compound interest day or something. Factor out all the costs, including the repairs and and think about the potential savings too. This all isn't uh, bad stuff. You know, I'm not a fan of leasing because you end up Owning nothing. There's no there's no residual ownership at the back end. Leasing is just a a payment. It's a rental agreement, basically. So, uh, you know, I'm not a fan of leasing, but, you know, maybe if it's your first car, if you can lease something with the lowest possible payments while you're saving up for the next. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Consider driving an eccentric car, a Porsche 914 or a VW Bug or a Carmen Ghia or I don't know what else. Consider driving a, a funny car, a conversation piece like a, I don't know, a Ford Pinto. I drove, oh, a, <laughs> I drove a Ford Pinto for three, four years. It was, it was like international safety orange, right? Oh, and, good grief. And the hatchback stopped working, so I cut off a broom handle and I would use that to hold up the hatchback. Yeah, that was a good car. You know, it was a little dangerous maybe, but it was a good Didn't they blow up? They they blew up when they got hit from behind. (laughs) So you just make sure no one's doing the rear ender there, you know. Um, But factor in repairs and safety. Consider a motorcycle. Consider a scooter. Consider Uber Lyft. I know several people who have decided just to go Uber Lyft um, because they don't have a car. There's some reason why they can't drive. So they just Uber Lyft. And I think finally, you know... Shop the daylights out of you for your next car on the internet. You know you can find cars from from anywhere, and you get the car that you really want with the right miles. And keep shopping around if you've got the ability to shop. Um, I got my last car in Seattle, and I and I flew up there and checked it out and drove it around, and then it paid about six hundred dollars to ship it from Seattle to L. A. But it was worth it to me because I I got what I wanted. You know I got exactly what I wanted. So something to think about. Or even any, another example, lease that first car. You know, I had one car that I leased for three years, 229 And it was, it was a Chevrolet Volt, 229 I, I was there to write the check. And the guy goes, well, you could lease it. I said, I don't do that. And mm-hmm. he goes, well, it's, it's 1000 down, 229 a month. And I go, 229 no gas, no repairs because it's warranty. And then I give it back to you. I had to keep miles off it. You know, mm-hmm. I couldn't like drive it to Vegas every weekend. But 220, I mean, that's like almost driving for free. So I don't know. Some stuff to think about. I wanted to talk about cars, get this information out. It's been bugging me because I see all these cars driving around. I'm wondering, what are all these people doing? I see people getting hurt out at the lots, making deals that aren't a good idea. So I don't know. That's what I wanted to talk about with cars, cars, cars today. This is Dave Hagan, and you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast.
1: You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box either way it's sent right to dave's phone remember dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one hour personal conversation with dave to help you achieve your financial goals don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.